listen, I want you to turn with me to the book of Judges chapter number 15. Uh, this is something I, I usually have everything printed out and y'all, y'all got to pray for me. I'm telling y'all got to pray for me because I, I, I kind of like security blankets. I don't use them a whole lot, but I like having them handy. And, uh, God gave me a little thought Thursday morning and I didn't have a way to type it out and, and, and print it off. So you got a yellow pad. Say amen. Aren't you glad it's this small? Amen. Uh, I, I haven't even preached this at my church yet. I, I, I mentioned a couple points of a couple parts of this, but uh, this is kind of fresh and I, I think it's appropriate and I think it is timely. Now, if you're here and you never have any problems and you never get wore out with life and you never feel like quitting, this ain't going to mean a hill of beans to you. You are way more spiritual than what I can help. Say amen. amen. But if you've ever felt like quitting and you've ever felt like giving up, And if you ever felt like life has become overwhelming and you just can't take it anymore, honey, I got good news for you. And all God's people say it. My soul, this is a good crowd. Tony, amen. I am so proud of these guys. I'm telling you, I was walking around and and the building is beautiful. All the, everything that's done, the worship is just great. I'm telling you, I, I, I am thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. I, I, I'm as excited as I can be. It's always good to go out. I don't get to do this much. Most of the time when, when, when I'm called to go somewhere or go help, it's about falling apart and it's a major disaster and it's on the brink of, of destruction. I don't get to go to the good places much. I don't know why that is, but it's been a privilege to be here this morning and worship with you guys. And, and so if you'll give me just a few minutes of your time, I want to I wanna share some encouragement with you, all right? Uh, uh, Judges chapter number 15, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 9. Verse number 9, when you get there, say Amen. It says, then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, why are you come up against us? And they answered, to bind Samson are we come up and to do him as he had done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock Edom and said to Samson, knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, as they did unto me, So have I done unto them. I like old Samson. He's kind of an eye for an eye guy. Say amen. Amen. And they said unto him, we are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, swear unto me, and that ye will not fall upon me yourselves. And they spake unto him, saying, no, but we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. Verse 14. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. If you, if you uh, write in your Bible, that would be a good thing to underline right there. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire and his bands loose from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. And Samson said, with the jawbone of an ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramoth Lehi. And he was sore athirst. Things are looking different now. He was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant. 
and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised. But God, my soul, but God, clave a hollow place that was in the jaw, and there came water thereout. And when he had drunk, the Spirit came again, and he revived. Say that with me. And he and he revived. Wherefore, he called the name of that thereof in Hakore, which is in Lehi, unto this day. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for your mercy. Oh, thank you for your spirit that's in this place today. Thank you for a great crowd and a crowd that's here to worship, a crowd that's here to learn, a crowd that's here to be edified. And as, Lord, as we've exalted your name today, I pray that you'll edify your children in the house. And God, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. and Don't let me forget anything I should. And Lord, we'll praise you and thank you and give you the glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. There was a time in Samson's life where he thought he was going to die. He thought that he, he, it was just about done. It was just about over. He said, I am going to die. I can't take any more. I can't take another step. It is all over. Now, now, to lead up a little bit, if you will, if you'll allow me to kind of set the table before we start eating a little bit, you got to understand the time of the judges. The time of the judges was very unique. It was a time when there was no king in Israel and God would, hire, God would call judges to lead the people. And the, the problem was is that the nation of Israel were a very forgetful people. They were kind of like Baptists are. What do you mean by that, preacher? What I mean by that is, is, is that they would get in trouble and the Bible says and the people sinned. And when they sin, God would send oppression and God would send another nation to come and put them into bondage and to put them into captivity. In other words, he would judge them. Are y'all with me? And then they would call out to God, oh God, oh God, deliver us from this bondage, deliver us from this dominion. And just like God does, he's a merciful God, he's a long-suffering God, he's a loving God, he would send them a judge to bring them out, send them a judge to deliver them. So over and over and over, all through the book of Judges, you'll find sin, you'll find tragedy and judgment, and you'll find God sending the deliverer. God will bless them. And when God blessed them and put his favor on them, then they would forget about where it comes from and sin again. And then here comes judgment again. And then here comes the crying again. Oh God, oh God, oh God. God would hear their prayer. He would have mercy on them and send another the deliverer. Are y'all with me so far? Over and over. How many of y'all have seen people? They get in trouble in life. They get problems in life. Things are falling apart. And they come to church. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Get me out of this mess that I'm in. God, solve this problem that I have. And God, in his mercy and in his grace, he will touch that person and touch that family and solve their issue and bless their life. And after a little while, in God's blessings and in God's favor, then, listen, they'll think, they've got the tiger by the tail and they don't need church anymore and they don't need God anymore and you can't find them with the FBI. Do I have a witness? And then guess what? It never fails. Tragedy will strike again 
And then guess where they'll come? Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm glad we can. I'm glad we can. I'm glad God is a second chance God. I'm glad we can come back after we mess up. Thank the Lord. But the time of Samson was a little different. It was different than the rest in, in the way it was 40 years long. They stayed in dominion under the Philistines for 40 years. 40 years. It was the longest of all of them. And then God calls a deliverer, Samson. Now, let me say this. Samson was a unique individual. Samson didn't, he, he, he marched to the beat of his own drum. Are y'all with me? He didn't do everything like everybody else did. I mean, he was a strange cat. I mean, he had his issues, but he was the one God called. He was the one God placed. He didn't do it like everybody else did, but he, listen, he did it the way God led him to do it. Now, I want to I I share with you just a few things. How many of y'all would agree with me now that seeing this picture, now imagine this, he's just killed a thousand men. He's just killed a thousand men. And, 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 and he's just, I'm going to die. How many of y'all felt like that? All right, how many of y'all have teenagers? <clears throat> then you can relate. <laughs> I got four girls. Why don't we just stop and pray for me? <laughs> four girls. Y'all wonder why I coon hunt all the time? That's why, right there. I mean, sometimes in life, in ministry, sometimes, I, 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 was, preaching, I was preaching in Kingsport, uh, Tennessee, Thursday and Friday night. Well, they, they went on the internet to find a picture of me to use for their promotional material. They found a picture from way back in the day and my hair was raven jet black. I was gorgeous. <laughs> and, 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 and my daughter, my daughter saw it. My daughter thinks she's a comedian. And, and she saw that picture. She said, look, daddy, look, daddy. That's when your hair was black. I said, let's see how black your eye can be. Get over here. Well, I could see. I could see the, the looks on the people's faces when I walked in the door. I could see it. All I, here's what they're thinking. False advertising. I said, I know what you're thinking. I know the picture you saw, but let me tell you something. That is pre-pastoring. This is 20 years after pastoring. I got gray hair, I'm fat, and I'm tired. Say amen. <laughs> Do you know there's a reason that God said, be not weary in well-doing? Be not weary in well-doing because he knew that when we are doing our best to do well, we will get weary. You will get tired in the ministry. You will get tired of doing right. You will get tired of doing good. You'll get tired of sacrificing. You'll get tired of putting yourself out there. You'll get tired of serving and doing all these things. And there's going to be a time that you're going to want to quit. The Bible says Samson threw his jawbone down. And he said, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Man, there's been times in my life I thought the very same thing. There's been times in my ministry I wanted to quit. I didn't want to go another day. I didn't want to go another hour. I didn't care about nothing else. I said, God, I'm wore out with it. I'm tired of this. Can anybody, can anybody relate to what I'm saying? 
Well, let's, 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 let me give you a couple things as way of the introduction to, to, to help you understand why he got to this place. Well, the first thing you see, look in, look in, look in this chapter, you'll find the actions of God's enemies. The actions of God's enemies. The Bible says they were under dominion of the Philistines. And here they come against Samson and they're attacking Samson from on every side. They're attacking him from every side and he's, he's killed a thousand men. I mean, that is about as much close to raising teenagers as you can get. You solve one problem in front of you, another problem comes from behind you. You take care of that problem, and then here comes another problem, and here comes another issue. It's a, it, listen, raising teenagers and pastoring a church is just a process. It's a never-ending battle of solving problems. And you know what I found out? That's life in general. That's just life in general. There's always going to be an issue. There's always going to be a problem solved. There's no time you can put it in cruise control. There's no time that you can take a break. There's no time that you can say, hey, I'm just not going to, because the devil is after you. You have an adversary. He is a liar, and he is good at what he does, and he's roaming about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You're in a battle today. You're in a war today. You're in a fight today, and he fights for keeps. He is not in this for a game. You're not in the sandbox, ladies and gentlemen. When you walk out those doors, there is an enemy that wants to destroy you and wants to destroy your family, and he's after your children. He's after your family. He's after your church. He's after your community, and he hates your guts. And I'm going to tell you, Fighting the enemy over and over, fighting the battles over and over, fighting the issues and the fiery darts of the wicked over and over. The actions of God's enemy will cause you to get tired. But not only that, this is the worst part. We not only see the actions of God's enemy, but we see the apathy of God's people. The apathy. Say that word with me. There is nothing worse in a church community than apathy. You say, where do you find that? In 40 years, in 40 years of the, the dominion of the Philistines, not one single place can you find. You look it up and you study it and you read it. Not one single place, not one single time can you find where they mustered up an army. Except once, and I'll get to the next point. They didn't fight back. Matter of fact, when they came to Samson, when they came to Samson, they said, what are you doing? Don't you realize they had dominion over us? You know what they were saying? Hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. Why are you fighting back? Why are you putting up a fuss, man? You're rocking the boat. What are you doing? Man, I'm telling you what, there is nothing mis more disheartening. I'm, 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 I'm preaching as an evangelist, but I have pastoral background today because I'm a pastor, so I'm not going to shoot you and then run and say Amen. But I will encourage you and talk to you as an evangelist from a pastor's heart. There's nothing more disheartening to this pastor than trying to motivate you and trying to encourage you to do right and trying to get you to do what God wants you to do. And you sit there and look at him like a knot on a log and you're apathetic and you don't care and you're just lukewarm. You're like the Laodicea in church and you're just not in but you're not out. You're not hot or hot but you're not cold. You're just blah. I'm telling you that's sickening to a pastor. It's not only sickening to a pastor, it's sickening to your Lord. The Bible says the Laodicean church, the church of the last days, they're not hot and they're not cold. They're lukewarm. They're, they're, they're tipid. They're, they, they are apathetic. They are not in. They're not out. And this is what God says. This is not my words. I'm just going to quote you what King James said. I will spew thee out of my mouth. Blah. 
That's where y'all don't know what spew is. God is saying it makes me want to vomit when he sees apathy in God's people. Here you get a guy that's trying to do his best to deliver him. A guy that's trying to seek an occasion, according to, according to God, that God is choosing to pick a fight with what's got them bound. Think about that. God is seeking an occasion against the Philistines. The Philistines have dominion over them. God is wanting to start a fight. He's wanting to, to pick a fight with what's got them in bondage. God doesn't want you in dominion. God wants you in freedom. God wants you in liberty. God wants you in power and victory. And, and listen, he wants to start a fight with what's got you in bondage, but you got to want it. And they say, what? Hey, we're in dominion, man. They were so apathetic. Then it gets worse. Then it gets worse. We see the actions of God's enemy. Then we see the apathy of God's people. But then worst of all, we see the abuse of God's servant. The abuse of God's servant. So where do you find that? <clears throat> do you remember when I said they, in 40 years they never mustered up an army to fight back? Remember that I said that? It was like three minutes ago. <laughs> Balcony, do y'all remember? Y'all remember? Thank God. Y'all see y'all are closer to God up there. Amen. Remember, I said, in 40 years, they never mustered an army except one time. And that was when they came to bind God's man. They picked 3,000 men to go get Samson. Now, let's think about math. I'm not good at math. I don't even claim to be. <clears throat> 3,000 men. When they came down with Samson, how many did Samson kill with a, that jawbone? So are you, are you saying that they outnumbered the Philistines three to one? But yet they went, instead of attacking the enemy, they went up and told God's man, we, watch this, this is their exact words. We come to bind you. Let me tell you something. There is, there is no worse fire in the battle than friendly fire. There is nothing worse than God's people attacking God's people. We are living in a time we're living in a place where there is so much jealousy, there is so much contention, there is so much politics and political maneuvering. They'll say, you can't preach here, you can't go there, you can't have this person in, or you can't do this. How many of y'all, you remember what I said a while ago? How many of y'all would agree that Samson was different? Samson was unique. Samson didn't do things. Watch this now. Samson didn't do things like everybody else did them. Samson was a different judge than the rest of them. Man, I'm telling you, this cat was a colorful, he, he was just different. 
He stood out in the crowd. He went past the status quo. And let me tell you something. You get a man of God that'll stand up and be different. He may be a little abrasive. He may be a little aggressive. He may do things just a little different than the status quo or the traditional preferences of the time. And I'm telling you, he will be attacked every time by God's people, not the enemy, not the Philistines, but God's people will turn on their own people. And they'll try to bind you. They'll try to control you. And listen, if, if they can't control you, then they'll criticize you. If you don't march to the beat of their drum, then they'll tell how liberal you are. They'll tell you how, how ungodly you are. They'll tell you all this and all that. But ladies and gentlemen, Vance Havner said it great. He said if people, you want people to talk about you, have more, know more, or do more, and people will talk about you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give Columbus something to talk about. Amen? How many of y'all know I'm telling the truth right there? They'll criticize. They'll critique. I've had people, I've had people criticize our church and never been in the building. I had a pastor drop one of our missionaries. And this is one of the most humble missionaries, most God-fearing missionaries that's ever been. And he is serving God like crazy. And they dropped him and said and started telling lies that we're a liberal church and we're an unscriptural church. And they're preaching out. I don't even remember what version they quoted. I've never had anything but a King James Bible my whole entire life. Why should I change now? I mean, I'd have to re-memorize everything. No. And you know what's so crazy about that? They, they announced it in church that that's what was happening. And, and the guy has no idea. Every one of our services is on the internet. If you're going to lie. <laughs> make sure what you're lying about is not recorded and posted for the world to see. But you want me to tell you why I did it? It wasn't because we was preaching out of a different version. Because that was a lie. It was because he couldn't control. And because he couldn't control, he began to criticize. Listen, Samson's dealing with the actions of God's enemy. He's dealing with the, the, the apathy of God's people. He's dealing with the, uh, uh, the, the, the abuse of God's servant. So what do we see? All this compounded, now he's got a thousand men. A thousand men. And I'm going to wrap this up right here, right here. Matter of fact, see, that's the intro. That's the intro. And the intro is shorter than the sermon, and all God's people say it. <laughs> you know what I've learned? I've learned this. Nobody has ever complained that the sermon was too short. Y'all with me? Now, let me give you three things real quick. If you want to write these things down, real quick. Let's look at his dilemma. His dilemma. He gets fatigued. He drops the he drops the 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 the, the jawbone. <clears throat> he drops the jawbone, and he gets tired. He gets wore out with it. The jawbone represents his ministry, his method, if you will, how he does what he does, and he just says, "I ain't doing it no more," and he throws it down. You know, there's a lot of people in church today that's thrown down their jawbone. You've gotten tired, you've gotten wore out with it, you've gotten frustrated, and you're ready to quit. And here's what happens. When you get tired, you get fatigued, then you get frustrated. Do I have a witness? 
And you know what he did? He took it out on God. Isn't that amazing? God, are you going to let me die? Oh, God, I just killed a thousand men. You going to let me die? You know what? And we blame God. But watch this, number two. We not only see his dilemma, but look at his deliverance. Now, I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. His deliverance. What happened? The Bible says he called on the Lord. Say that with me. He. Say it again. He. He called on the Lord. And God sent refreshing, reviving water. How many of y'all are glad you can call on the Lord? How many of y'all are glad he will answer? He will give us what we need when we need it. He'll give us that good news right on time. He will give us the blessing and the favor and the encouragement and the refreshing. Man, you'll come into church beat down by the devil. You'll come into the church frustrated and ready to quit. And you'll be standing there. And all of a sudden, God will move on that choir. And God will move on them singers. And they'll sing a song that you needed right on time. And it'll sing a song that'll go right down to your heart. And then God's man will come up here and open the word of God. And he will preach something that's right in your life. He will pull into your garage and beep the horn. Say amen. Amen. And God will give you just what you need right on time. Thankful for the deliverance. Thankful for God's blessings. But this is the point. This is the whole message. This is it right here. Look at his discovery. His discovery. I thought, I thought, you know, we need to end with deliverance. And he revived. But you know what God said? Nope. That's not the most important part. That's not the most important part. What did he discover? Listen. And this will be, this will be our invitation right here. Look. When he, when he defeated the Philistines with that jaw. Y'all remember? Amen. Thousand men. He says heaps upon heaps. I've, I, I, say it, I've killed a thousand men. And he names the place Ramoth Lehi. Ramoth Lehi means height of the jawbone. Height, high places. If you break that word down, it was, it was representing the, the high places where they had idolatry. On all the high places in Israel, they would set up the altars and they would set up the the statues and they would worship idolatry. Height of the jawbone. So in simple terms, what he's saying is he was was worshiping the jawbone. He was bragging about the jawbone. It wasn't, doesn't the Bible say just two verses before that? He said the spirit of God fell mightily upon him. But instead of worshiping the Spirit, instead of being thankful for the power of God, he said, check out this jawbone. Look what. Come on, y'all getting quiet. Look what I've done. And you know what God did? Is that right? Is that, is that where you're going? You did it. You see, he didn't get tired when the Philistines were acting up. He didn't, he didn't get tired even with the apathy of God's people. He let them bind him. He didn't, he didn't get tired when they abused him. He didn't get tired when the Philistines were coming one after another, one after another, one after another. He was killing them, stacking them up. 
but the Bible says when he made an end of speaking. In other words, when he began to brag about himself, when he began to brag about his jawbone, that jawbone represents the methods, the programs. Church, I don't care how good your programs are. I don't care how good your methods are. I don't care how good your Sunday school is. I don't care how good your bus program is. I don't care how good anything you've got going on is. If God ain't in it. How do you know that? Because when he was bragging on himself, he named the place Ramoth Lehi. But then God let him get thirsty. God let him, him experience life and ministry without the power of God on him. And when that happened, he thought he was going to die. But when God refreshed him, when he called on the Lord, he changed the name. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's don't call it Ramoth Lehi. Let's don't, let's don't brag on the jawbone. Let's call this place Enhakore. Enhakore means the fountain of one who calls. You know what that means? Samson realized it's not the jawbone. It's the Spirit of God. It's not by power. It's not by might. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. I resigned church. I resigned Long Branch Baptist Church. God was saving people like crazy over and over and over, over and over and over. Filled the house. It was an unbelievable move of God, and God told me to move. What? God told me to move. I moved from South Carolina to Alabama. It was smaller than where I was at. And guess what? I, I, I sang the same hymns. I preached the same sermons. I, I operated the ministry in the same way, just like I did in, in South Carolina. And in South Carolina, it was mass revival. People getting saved like crazy. Filled the building up over and over. And I, I was doing the same things. I was singing the same sermons. I, I, I was saying the same sermons. I was singing the same songs. I was, God, what's happening? And I was frustrated with God. And I said, God, would you just please save somebody? Would you just please save somebody? Make a long story short, I went and visited a family that had come on a Sunday to try to get them to come back. I was desperate. And that night, God saved three of their family members. And after that, somebody got saved Wednesday. After that, somebody got saved Sunday. After that, somebody got saved and got saved. And we've been in, in revival ever since. Preacher, what are you saying? You know what God showed me? It's not the sermons. It's not the hymn book. It's not our methods. It's not the jawbone at all. It's when the Spirit of God mightily falls upon him. I don't care if you're singing traditional or contemporary. It matters not if God's not in it. Your preference, I don't care what the ministry is. I don't care what program you have or how long you've had it. New or old. Well, I read this in the book. This is this new thing. That, I don't care how new it is. I don't care how old it is. If God's not in it. Preacher, what do you mean? This is not just for serving God. How many of y'all know you figured out by now that you need the Holy Ghost to raise them teenagers? <laughs> You need the power of God to be a Christian. You need the power of God to serve. Well, this is the invitation. If you felt like quitting, I want you to come and call on the Lord.
That's all it takes. Call on the Lord. Say, God, I need you.